0: What's up everybody, welcome back to Other Tone We got a chance to sit down with Beck And what's cool is P produced his Grammy nominated album Hyperspace And this actually was recorded before the Grammy So we don't know if he and Pharrell won or not Yeah They said they were working on it for 10 years 10 years, did you know that? I did not know that You know what's funny is they said they met in an elevator Isn't the story about Pharrell, how he met Daft Punk was in an elevator also? Oh, really? Yeah, mm-hmm. it's so weird. Pharrell's meeting everyone in elevators. So if you want to work with Pharrell, any artists out there, find the elevator of a nice hotel and get in. <laughs> <laughs> this is Beck on Other Tone.
1: Other Tone, 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 Tone.
2: I'm a loser, baby. So why don't you kill me? What's up, my bro? Hey, man. How you doing, man? Good to see you. It's been a while. I know. I know. I was just like explaining to someone in here that you're the quintessential artist who is a carefree character. Who's always rewarded for? I mean, I'm and I'm the, the embe- I'm embellishing now because I'm like because now you're on here, <laughs> but like who? Who's very gallant artistic choices and instincts are almost always rewarded with every fucking Grammy that you compete for. True.
1: <laughs> I feel I feel the same about you as well.
2: No, I'm a loser, baby. <laughs> <laughs> You win, 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 and I had the awesome pleasure of working on an album with you for over ten years.
0: Y'all been working on the album for ten years?
2: Yeah, that was like that was like ten, 10 years, year ten years in the making, and then we got wow. like other ones. Well, I don't want to give it all away, but this guy is. Like a, <laughs> it's it's such a pleasure because when I work with him, I'm often reminded. Like I look at him, CeeLo, Andre, you know, mm. like all the character artists. Mm -hmm. And they always make Mm -hmm. me just go like, do not ever, 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 ever accept the poisonous mentality that is regular. Mm -hmm. (laughs) That is such a poisonous, poisonous thing.
1: I feel like I've gotten that same inspiration from you as well, though. You know, you kind of come into the music space and completely yourself and let it conform around you. And uh, mm-hmm. that that's inspiring for another artist to see. How did y'all meet? Oh, we must have met early 2000s, maybe? Yeah. Like mm-hmm. at an awards show.
0: Well, you was winning. <laughs> I, honestly, yeah, when he was <laughs> we, winning. We cleaned up. He, when yeah. he, he wins No, constantly. wait, wait.
1: <laughs> it, maybe he was in London. It was in an elevator. We were in an elevator together.
2: You have an amazing memory. Because wow. all yeah. I know is back in those days... I always thought like, wow, that white boy is fucking crushing it with this new pollution (laughs) record. It was so alien and so out of nowhere. And I was like, what in the, what made him do that? That beat is fun.
0: What made you do that? New pollution
2: right now, right now. And by the way, you in there dancing your ass off. I I was like, oh, I want, that's who I want to be. I want to be that guy. I want to be that guy. (laughs) I want to be that guy guy. because rock music was somewhere else. And he was like, "Yeah, you know, okay, cool. That's what y'all are doing. Watch this." And he does it every time,
0: wow. every,
2: every, every, every time. That's how I, I'm. In my mind, I don't remember where I was. I remember what I was thinking
0: when you saw Pollution.
2: Yeah, he had New Pollution. I mean, the Loser record was amazing. He had a bunch of records, mm-hmm. but that New Pollution, I said, "What in the fuck?" <laughs>
1: <laughs> I think I called you up about ten years ago. And I came to visit you in the studio and I said, I want to work on some music with you. And it had taken me about 10 years to get the courage up to ask you. And I remember you said, yeah, let's do this.
0: Wow. I'll tell you when he got me was when Deborah came out. I was like, wait a minute. How the fuck did you just go from all of this to Deborah and pull it off? Like I was just like, holy shit. That's when I knew you could do anything at any given moment.
2: Still, right now, wow! Right now, I mean, anybody listen. Everybody, when you're done with this podcast episode situation, just listen to fucking hyperspace, and just listen to this man's brain express itself. He's
0: just—he's
2: <laughs> that. He uh, fucking flies. He doesn't, he, you guys. Yeah. He doesn't just have the wings. He fucking uses them.
0: That's huge, man.
1: You're so kind. It's funny you brought up pollution because I remember that was the first thing you ever said to me. You just, you looked at me and you said, new pollution. Wow. <laughs> We're in that elevator in London. It's so funny. Yes. I can remember it like yesterday. Yeah. That's crazy. It was I felt
2: the way about that record, like the way mm. I felt about Gary Bartz and Andy Bay, Celestial Blues. When I first heard that record- oh.
0: That's another line.
2: Oh my god!
0: Yeah, I still listen to
2: that. Listening, my younger needing to show off the Rolls Royce grills. That is what I played in the Prius now, man. Well, yeah, that like that record. There's just certain records that you hear. Yeah, there's certain
1: records they light up something in you.
2: Yeah, listen, Scott Venner, I was dead. I was out there in L.A. Dead as a bitch, roadkill. (laughs) Scott (laughs) Venner played me. What isn't it called them changes? Them changes, yeah. My the by Thundercat, I yeah, talk about yeah, it every yeah. once in a while. Yeah, you I first on. heard that record that what? That's one of my favorite. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: I've been trying to get him on a song for years.
2: When are we getting back in to finish this album? This next
1: one, we got to we got to get Thundercat in there. We got to get. That's what know. I'm saying. That's what yeah. we'll,
2: we'll we'll reach out yeah. to him. He'll he will okay. come in and crush.
1: Oh yeah, we toured together about uh, six years ago. I was begging him to join my band.
2: He is. What I feel like, and I'm saying this with lo- all due love and respect, but the like super wondrous years of jazz when it was the most popular music form out, he would have been one of those dudes, oh yeah, like he's he's like he played yeah. on the last n e r d album, and I mean the yeah. fucking speed bass that he did was so <laughs> insane. unreal, yeah, yeah.
1: Yeah, no, he's he's up there with those with, with the jazz guys, you know, all the jazz. That's to what hear, he is. Hear
0: what y'all come up with? All three of y'all? That'll be sick.
1: Amazing, right? We should. Which, yeah, yeah, let's do it. It needs to happen.
2: Yeah, but why? Why do you play so many instrument instruments so well? And then your voice is like people really don't realize like. You really can sing. You're like one of those guys that walk, oh yeah, A sharp, G minor, uh, algebra, (laughs) fucking trigonometry. (laughs) You're one of those guys. And I'm literally, I only know music by what I'm hearing. I look at the keys and I know what it's going to sound like, but I could not tell you. I couldn't tell you G, you know, I mean, I could, but like.
1: But that's the beauty of it because you can see what's essential. You know, some people get buried and bogged down with technique and, and the rules. And when, when they learn to express music through sort of an academic orientation, they, they lose that connection to, you know, what the source of music is, how it's supposed to make you feel in your body and in your soul, which is, um, something you can't learn or it can't be taught. And And so when I watch you work, you're so connected to that And it's inspiring because you do, you, you can get a little bit analytical with music. It is mathematical in a lot of ways. So to be able to detach to that and sort of float above that, that kind of approach to music is so important. So many of your songs too, kind of like light that up for me. Wow. Especially your minimalism, you know, when you can break a track down to like two or three things and it's so powerful and that's all you need is, is kind of superhuman to me. It's like something I've been aspiring to for, for so long, I have a tendency to like put too many ideas into something. So that was one of my favorite things about working with you is like, no, this is all we need. Just this, just leave it. You know, to me, that's the highest in making art is to be able to let something stand in its simplicity without like overdressing Mm -hmm. it or trying to impress people, you know, like, Oh, I got to change this up and add all these sounds. So people don't get bored, you know, just be able to hold their attention with
0: simplicity. Really powerful. I always wondered that. Like to your point back, like, um, how do you know to stop? It's like okay, exactly. I got this sound, I got the beat, I got the snare. Then it's like if I if I put these bells in, I like it. But how do I know? Like look, that's enough. That's enough.
2: That's a problem for me. It's mo- it's like cooking. You know, yeah. you know when you put in too much salt, you just know mm, it's right. no different. By the way, all of our senses all do the same things but through a different, through their own respective sensory language, you know? Right. It's like music's no different. It's like sometimes it's too sweet. Sometimes it's too too bitter. Mm-hmm. You know, even lyrically or melodically, something Dugging. can be very bitter. You yeah, know, yeah. the blues is like very sulky. You know, they sulk a lot. Like, man, you know what? Because by the way, when you're like in the blues when you're really having a bluesy time in life, it's like you keep thinking about the same shit over and over again. So you sing it that way. You sing it over and over again. Right. Mm-hmm. Then you got one little change where you might have a different inflection or a point in the way that you're thinking about the the concept or whatever your sadness is. And that's the little chord change. Mm-hmm. But then you know what? Because your mind is looping and thinking about the same shit over and over again, you ruminate. Yeah, the blues is a r- art form for rumination. It's kind of like... Right therapy sessions where you're just speaking out loud and you're kind of like reverting back and forth to like one or two thoughts. Mm. And then jazz is like, in my opinion, depending on which kind, but when you think about jazz and how it has so many changes, that's like someone that's like, this like really attention, it's like really ADD, Mm. but in a really cohesive way. It's like turned into an art form. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. So it's like, minimalism for me was just always just finding the strength and just building off of that and not letting too much get in the way of it. And sometimes uh, you can put layers on there and it's cool, yeah, yeah, yeah. but it won't be the same.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: I feel like you've worked with a lot of great producers. I, I mean, it, it must say something about you that you're able to scout that kind of talent
1: we're we're all kind of family in a way it's strange you know how this this goes as as i go through my career and you sort of meet up with people and and people intersect and it sort of these sort of pools of musicians start to become a family and and then you know i'll see danger mouse and nigel godrich work together and then you know my friends bands would start working with the dust brothers and like you're a perfect example of that because i remember the first time i went in the studio with you Uh, You were playing me some things and you had, you had a folder of all your music in the computer and it was all filed under different artists' names and bands. And that list just scrolled. (laughs) It was like (laughs) all of popular music. Everybody (laughs) of the last, you know, 10, 15 years was in there. So I think, yeah, I think I've been really lucky to work with these, these people and uh, collaborate with them and learn from them. And I've been really lucky to find like my people, or, or people who make you better, who you, who you learn from, you
2: grow from and you share. AKA geniuses. Yeah. I mean, he just named a whole bunch of geniuses. That's yeah, why, and, mean, and by the way, if if I could be selfish, I would say that's the reason why I felt so lucky because I feel like all of your, to Scott's point, you know, you have always worked with really talented people uh, and you're incredibly talented. So it's just kind of like the, the, to make it in that canon of, uh, you know, your discography is, I'm honored.
1: Oh, I'm honored. I, you know, I have to, I have to admit, like I originally wanted to call you in like 1998. I was working on a record and the song was on the radio and I was like, who made that song? And I remember my engineer said, that's the Neptunes. And I was like, I'm doing my next record with them. And and then I got caught caught up in touring and I had an album that didn't do great. So you all just took off, and then I think it took me about ten years to feel like I felt like okay, now I'm ready. Like I'm not good enough yet. Like I got to really like you only, dig in. And you like,
2: only had some of the biggest songs, right? Biggest in my biggest mind, videos, yeah. And 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 some of the most amazing MTV Moment, MTV man. award fucking performances. Yeah, yeah. Did, do y'all understand New Pollution Man? <laughs> <laughs> They do not understand what this guy was doing on stage to this shit. He was doing this shit. Like, by the way, everybody else was doing everything else. It was like, no, I'm going to just do this. I'm going to center in on this thing right here. I'm going to focus. Look at my fucking outfit. I'm saucing on all of y'all right now. And look at these fucking moves. And it was crazy. It was, (laughs) look, people will go back and watch this and they're going to understand. They're going to feel what I felt. The video right. was amazing, but that performance, bro.
0: Wow. <laughs> Do you remember the first thing you said to him was that? Like when you and when, when
2: he said I said new pollution, yeah, I believe it. Yeah, Cause yeah. I know, you know I me, mean, when I lose my mind and yeah, I meet somebody, I'm like, okay, you know what? I don't know who else is telling you, but goddamn it, listen. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> new pollution.
1: I was like, really? New pollution?
2: Yes, man. Yeah, that beat. <sighs> oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> It's such a dimension,
1: right? Yeah, It's a
2: dimension and that, and you know what? That's the thing (laughs) with you, bro. That's why I like working with you because you aren't trying to do anything terrestrial. You're not with nothing regular. I wish more artists felt that comfortable. Billie Eilish feels that comfortable. She just does her Tyler, you know, Mm. they're there, but it's not enough of them. Mm-hmm. You know, and and people have to understand you were doing this on a pop level, mm-hmm. so you were this original, you were this alien, and you were doing it on pop levels. That's what I'm into. Right. I've done that for like a lot of other artists. I think for myself as an artist, I think only I only felt like that like a couple times. But right. for other people, yeah, I've seen it. But imagine being the guy that just every time I do some shit, I put it out. They go, whoa, there's the Martian. It's funny
1: you say that because I, I feel like I've had a lot of years where I'm trying to make something that translates. I've definitely felt the experience of putting out music and, you know, you, you go through the process of making it and you, you think it all through and you're trying to make something that's cohesive. And then you put it out in the world and people are like, what is this shit? What? You know? Like I literally, I remember being on tour when New Pollution came out and playing it and people in the audience are pointing and laughing like, what is this shit? (laughs) You know, and uh, so I've had that feeling over and over. So I had, I think I had a lot of years trying to figure out how do I do what I do and make it translate so it's not confusing. It's actually amazing to hear your take on it, which is kind of encouraging to go deeper and lead into that. And you're right. I think we need more of that in, in music culture, in film culture, in art. It's more loud. You know, there's, there's a yeah. little less like push to conform and fit a mold, but we need it in music.
2: Yeah. And that's because the art in the art world, um, it hasn't been industrialized right. yet. And I think you've said it really well just now you, describing the freedom that they have as 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 artists whereas in in the music world you know they're always sort of looking for you know something that is only evergreen and that's 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 where you miss man that's where you start getting into people who just got boring shit boring ass music that boring right. ass look it's boring ass sound <laughs> you know boring fucking lyrics talking about the <laughs> same shit
0: mm-hmm. you
2: know and the just it's all boring. And I think the originality, like, that's there's something to be said for that. I feel like when people really nail that, those are all the artists mm. that you love. I mean, there's nothing, there was nothing typical about Lionel Richie coming out of the being in the Commodores to begin with, coming out of the Commodores and writing, you know, uh all night long. Mm. Like there's nothing or, or Michael or Prince mm-hmm. <laughs> or CeeLo being in, you know, goodie mob and like, Oh, I know. I'm just going to wake up one day and go work with fucking danger and, and create and make crazy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to wear a fucking yeah. wedding dress and he's going to be fucking Darth Vader or whoever the fuck he was. <laughs> like that is artistic freedom. And that my friend is what I think all artists Deserve to feel at least once, if not their Mm. whole career.
1: Yeah, liberated from expectation, from their own sort self-imposed rules.
2: Bro, the thing is, is people don't realize that like we live in a different time. This is the age of Aquarius. This really is like we like, and Aquarius is an air sign, right? So everything is in the air, including all of your information, right? And all conversations in real time are happening right now in real time in the air this is a world where like online is another world and it exists. And it's almost like before that time, everything was all analog, but now Mm -hmm. like everything, everything is out there. This is a complete different time. And it's, it's never going to go back to, unless you go to like some Island and you shut off everything and you off the fucking quote unquote grid. Right. Um, You will never feel that again. Like this is a different, like we are, we are, we have entered another era with the human species. We are in a different time. A hundred percent. Yeah. It's, it's, it's way different. Like I remember you said we wanted to work in 98. Like I remember 98. That's like when super thug was dropping. Mm -hmm. Like I remember that.
0: Also culture moves so much quicker like the things in culture move so much quicker and change so much faster. Like you could hear a sound and people would take that sound and it would influence them, but it would, it wouldn't reveal itself for so much longer. Now a kid can hear a song on the radio and go make another one that sounds just like it. And the second one that comes out could be the bigger one because Mm -hmm. he has a bigger audience. Right. And, and where before you had to actually have time, Uh, put it out, convince people this was the record. Things had more time to breathe and live. And that's technology. Mm -hmm. I mean, that's, you know, that's just where we're
2: at. That was a bar, by the way. You said things had more time to breathe than live.
1: Yeah. We really have entered another space where virtually every child has a laptop where they have the possibility to make beats or, or tracks or record some bedroom masterpiece and put it out there you have like really young people coming into music in a way that we really haven't had before because you used to have to have that like 10 years of building, you know, your reputation in a scene and getting access to equipment. And then by Mm -hmm. that time you're in your mid twenties before anybody's ever heard of you. And now, you know, kids are coming out as teenagers, essentially like making albums on their laptop. And right now we're in this sort of, we created this, digital space which is like a fourth dimension Um, and so I I think it's going to be interesting like what we have to say about this time musically over the next couple of years
0: Mm mm-hmm I feel like people want some upbeat, celebratory music.
1: Yeah, no, that's all last year. I was listening to something that was just, everything was up. Like I wanted wanted music that made me want to move, you know?
2: So my suspicion is that it needs to feel like it works for an arena and a bedroom.
1: I think because of streaming, we're in a weird zone with music, uh, which you said we got the bedroom thing, right? People, when they're streaming, they want to hear really intimate, small, quiet stuff, you know? Uh, but when they're, when they're at the show or the festival, they want to hear something that really moves them and is physical, you know? So it's, it's kind of a strange time to be making music.
0: Well, I think it's also, as artists grow, they start making music based on the size of the rooms that they play. So right. So that also, like, is kind of the same idea, I think, but you know, like you have like artists who do ballads and get up there and they see all these people just sitting there staring at them while they're at the show and they're wondering, how do I make these people move? And their next album is more a beat.
1: Right. Mm-hmm. What are you moved right now to work and like what's coming out of you right now?
2: There is this amazing like gospel thing we're in the middle mm-hmm. of, which is uh, Voices of Fire. That's like a, a show that's on Netflix. And we're in the middle of that album right now, also, the pusher shit is like crazy, you know he's a demon, it's crazy, um, so all he wants is omen music, and in the middle of this atlantis musical, also Rosalia her album oh amazing- crazy. she's amazing, yeah, she is she's
1: yeah, she's like the whole thing the performance, the videos, the music, yeah.
2: Yeah, Rose is, she's that. She's every bit of it. Uh, Also, Chris Cab, his album is crazy. Like, Mm -hmm. super crazy. He told a lot of crazy-ass stories on his album in Spanish. And it was really amazing working with him Mm -hmm. and uh, Elena, who was on there as well. And then in terms of, like, shit that I like, I just think, you know, obviously I'm super proud of Tyler and Uzi Little Baby for sure. Uh, money Moneybag is my favorite, favorite, favorite right now. Moneybag, yo, like, moneybag yo to me is like the pocket finder. If yeah, he when yeah, he yeah. whenever he decides he doesn't want to rap anymore, he should go into denim. That motherfucker got so many goddamn pocket <laughs> designs. Yeah. Like his pockets, <laughs> fuck. Mm-hmm. That yo, his nickname should be fucking denim. He, <laughs> he has so many fucking pockets. Yeah, he did one. want. Moneybag Yo is something else. Um, Roddy is Roddy is special. He's a, he, he finds a special pocket. That's kind of like it for me. Yeah. You know, I am most inspired at this point in life just by like, I, I mean, some people are going to roll their eyes, but like the goodness of God, that's it. Cause I, I seen it. I seen so much that I can never really, really, really fully articulate but I've just seen so much, and then for those that again, those that don't believe in God, you do believe in the universe, or you're just like a vain, stupid motherfucker that ain't never seen the stars at night. The universe is what we live in. I am so inspired by it. I'm, ins- I'm so mm. inspired that we can live in something and be all the way where we are right now, and have so many amazing things happen. And this just this planet and this constellation that has been the most inspiring to me. Mm. That was a long answer, but that's literally how I feel.
1: I'm in the same space because I think uh, I think that's why we make music. It's sort of an affirmation despite what's coming our way, that there's still a humanity, there's still something human and we can express that and it connects us to kind of what you're talking about. That's one of the things I've always been inspired by you. I feel like when I'm hanging out with you or, or working with you, you're looking at things from from a distance, you know like a powers of 10. Like you're kind of looking at the big picture. And and the ultimate big picture is like, this is all a lot of noise that's going on. You know, the world is going to go on. We are going to, you know, uh, cultures are going to change societies, politics, countries, borders are going to move. You know, that's the fluctuations of humanity.
2: It's so interesting that you brought up The Power of Ten, Charles and Ray Eames. That's one of my favorite documentaries ever. Ten minutes. Yeah, look that up on YouTube. It's called The Power of Ten by Charles and Ray Amings.
1: So they, they built this house. They built this house on a cliff overlooking the ocean. And I lived behind that house. I had the house under Of course under you it. did, Beck. But I bought it before I knew it was there. So I bought this weird little house on a, that was on a river in LA, like a little stream. I had a, like, a little drawbridge. And then on, above me was that house, the Eames house. And I became really obsessed with their films. That's a really special film.
0: It's a, you know. Is it the same person that designs the furniture?
1: Yeah, exactly. The mid-century furniture.
0: They
2: are genius people. They fucking got married. They fucking designed all those amazing They are some of the best designers ever. This film is arguably one of the best documentaries ever. Because you walk away from that thinking about everything different. Yep. You do. It's called The Power of Ten.
1: It's funny that you saw that because that was very influential on me when I was younger. I saw that film
2: and it was like, yep, that's the way to look at the world. Well, another goat you know? is the one who introduced me to it. Yeah. Nigo, Of course.
0: Nigo introduced
2: you to What? Really? Nigo wow. doesn't miss, man. He doesn't
0: fucking no. miss. Shout out yeah. to the general.
2: He doesn't miss. <laughs> but of course you saw that when you were young, Beck. Of course. Your dad is quite a character. Did your dad introduce you to him? Mm.
1: No, no. My dad, my dad is, he's like a, he's like a a music. He's like such a pure music, almost like a a monk or something. You know what I mean? Like all he needs is music. He's almost very aesthetic in, in his sensibility of like, like he's the kind of person I've never heard him in my life complain about anything. He's just there with the music and that's all he cares about. And, uh, he's he he like lives in a mountain in Ohio now and like just composes and you know it's really interesting
2: you were what is that yep I worked with him like maybe four or five maybe longer maybe
1: yeah he's a he's an orchestra arranger and conductor mm,
0: okay mm-hmm. yeah. earlier in the conversation you said that uh it, there was an album that you thought didn't do well and that was why you didn't uh One of the reasons you didn't reach out to P yet.
1: Yeah. In retrospect, I think it did okay. I think at the time though, it had a lot of criticism. People were putting it down and and they didn't understand it. And uh, it was really hated by the critics, I remember. And audiences were confused and it was a very chaotic time for my music. Mm. Yeah.
2: And then it went on to become, it went on to become like a cult classic.
1: I think, yeah, I think in the last five years I hear a lot of people referring to it or bringing it it up to me, you know.
2: Yes. Fans are like,
1: you got to reissue that record.
2: It's called being ahead of your time.
1: I feel like something that's been inspiring about you is that you've often been ahead of your time, but it works. Like you have a way of making it so people can receive it, you know what I mean? To be able to push things forward and people are on board with it, you know. That's like the goal.
2: Well... That's super kind of you, but I just want to be honest with you and just tell you, you know, I don't know what the fuck I'm doing, man. I'm just it just feels good. It just feels good.
1: Yeah, it feels good, right? But sometimes, you know, you get you get in your your mind, okay, this is where I'm this you you know, I'll get excited. It'll be like this is the direction. There's nobody going this way. Let's go this way. And you go yes. full steam ahead, but then you turn and look back over your shoulder. And nobody's following you. There, <laughs> you're by yourself. <laughs> you're totally gone. <laughs> you know, you're like, "Come on, everybody!" And then, uh, no, we're not. Well, that's good.
2: But that's when you just got to do a really good job at the visual. Because I've seen shit albums with with, with amazing yeah. visuals. Be, oh my god, it's so artistic.
0: Mm, it's so yeah. emotional. Yeah, that's the cheat Bitch, code. are
2: you dancing? Can you put this on at two o'clock in the morning when y'all like? Should we go to bed or should we turn up? <laughs> and and to me. That is what you and I and every other character type artist, we mustn't ever forget. We can be different. We can be mavericks, but we always have to have the urgency of saying, yes, we're weirdos, but you can put us on at 159 in the morning and decide whether you're going to turn up or not Mm -hmm. or go back to bed. And that is, is what I feel like you've done really well a lot of times. I like
1: that. I like that sort of uh, thinking from that place. The one fifty nine a.m. Like yeah. making that song. That's a good. Yeah. That's a good place to start. You know.
2: When we go back in, let's go for the two U words: unique and urgent.
1: The times in my life where I'm making music and everyone I'm working with is kind of laughing because they think what we're doing is utterly ridiculous, that's a great sign. You know, I think in retrospect, I I look back and go, oh, that's when we were on to something, you know. That's the Mm -hmm. space you want to be in.
2: Says the great disruptor. Other Tone Tone Tone.
0: Subscribe to Other Tone, wherever you get your podcasts. And follow us on Instagram. New episodes drop every Monday. Other Tone is hosted by Pharrell Williams, Fam Lei, and Scott Venner. Executive producers are Pharrell Williams, Scott Venner, and Moses Shoyola. Engineers are Mike Larson and Mike Hernandez. Theme music is by Thundercat. Other Tone is produced in collaboration with the team at Gilded Audio, Ivana Tucker, Whitney Donaldson, and Nick Dooley.